Zeros. Thank you for tuning into Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that wants to know if we're doing it right, because this really smarts. I'm your host, Joe, and we're here to talk to you about the spirit. I've got with me two characters with stupid names. That's what I got from this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Perfect. <laughs> We've got Corey. The podcast that hates having eggs on his face. I'm sorry, Corios. <laughs> and Sequelos. <laughs> There's nothing better than podcasting all night long, except maybe eggs. You both worked eggs in there. Good for you. That's why we said if it has the key term eggs in what you said, we're then, we, then we're counting it. I wrote, we all, down, I wrote down like four, and none of them have eggs in it. We all deserve a win on this, guys. Yeah. We, made, we got through it. Yeah, so we, we did. We, we saw this movie. We're going to get into our, what have you been watching for this week, because none of you chose to you know, exercise your option to send an email to zthpodcast.gmail.com. Boom! Boom. <laughs> that was for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the one I needed. I Lift think. the spirits. Oh, <laughs> that was an unintentional pun. <laughs> <laughs> Lift the spirits. Oh my god! I don't know if I can ever hear that word again without reacting. <laughs> Sequel has requested that I go first. And like, what have you been watching? So I'll get right into it. I watched four movies this week. Ooh! First one I watched was Rocky Two. What would you think, Joe? Did you not like it? I like it less than one. I don't like that the first five and a half minutes are the end of Rocky 1. Exactly. Get used to that for the rest of the Rocky movies. Really? That's that's so lazy. Um, Just cut the movie by five minutes. It was, like, good for the time. Sure. It helped you remember. Yeah. It reminds you. I guess when there were two years in between movies as opposed to two weeks. I mean, two years... Yeah. There's two years between movies... Netflix isn't a thing, so people aren't, like, able to watch it right before. Like, they can't... We're, we're, we're in a, an age now where, like, right before Infinity War, I could literally binge every MCU movie because they were all online. I like to think people in line for Rocky Two were like, did he win or lose at the end of the first one? So, <laughs> I don't remember. As a kid, I remember when I first saw the Rocky movies, they kind of blew my mind, and it was, like, on a marathon on, like, TNT or TBS or something. So I remember finishing the first one and getting so excited for the second one. Then the second one started, and it was the end of the first one, and I was, like, super pumped up, ready to go. It was great. Don't get me wrong, I still enjoy Seeing the part of the the fight again from the first one because that's the best part of the first movie. The second one is just like I don't, he's a terrible boxer. Like he is an awful, awful boxer. Okay, also he's a part agree of, on this. Also right? part of the Rocky lore because he's left-handed. He leaves with his face, so he takes the brunt of his shots. But he's so well conditioned, kind of wears the opponent. He takes down. a lot of punch. He yeah lets them punch him until they get tired. But it's just like. He doesn't even make an attempt to guard anything. Yeah, it's, he doesn't it's, even counterattack most of the time. <laughs> he waits for his opportunity, and then like they just exchange blows. But it's um, God, who was it? It was um, the boxer from Cinderella Man, not Max Bear. James Braddock. James Braddock. James Braddock was known for doing essentially the same thing. Just Did taking block pun- you with his face. Just, well, just taking punishment, but being so well conditioned, it didn't matter. So that, like, you know, that's part of the things that they bring up in Cinderella Man is that because he's been working very long, hard days on nothing, any little bit of food plus the amount of time that he's spent working the docks and shit, he's incredibly well conditioned, despite not being in fighting shape, quote unquote. So he would do the same thing. So a lot of, I mean. Stallone knows what he's doing, and he pulls from a lot of 
other older famous boxers. And that's essentially what he's doing here, except it's more cinematic because he's blocking it with his face. It's fine. I've just lived for the fight so far in the Rocky movies. The first two, anyway. The training montages, too, is probably the best one in the franchise. It's. I wanted more chicken chasing. Okay. <laughs> I, I accept that. Like, I was like... He's, so we're going to see him slowly get better at catching the chicken, right? No, he just catches it. I guess my favorite scene in 2 is after Adrian says, win. I like that part. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Tickets? And then he does... Yeah, I love that whole... I guess it's like a four-minute sequence. The lead-up to that is, like, painfully long, though. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't like anything non-boxing related in that movie. That's, I can... I fully understand that, because... But you had the He's same problem kind of with an one. insufferable character. I and you had the same problem with one though. Yeah, like everything that wasn't boxing was kind of like bleh. And the training, it's really just yeah. I like the um, two is my personal favorite. The reason it's my personal favorite is, I think that's his best character arc. Where like okay, first he was the bum from the neighborhood. He achieved his goal by going the distance. He got a little bit of money. He's no, a little bit ahead. Now he's he doesn't know what to do with it. He and bought he, his panther jacket. And he is his tiger jacket. Tiger, whatever. He wears it the entire movie. He is blowing it. Which is nice, at least. He is blowing it. But then when he has to get a real job, he, like, excels at it. And he's, like, kind of content and happy. He's like, okay, this is honest work. I'm doing it. I don't have... I'm not boxing anymore. I'm preserving my health. But then he, like, loses that, too. So I, I kind of liked all the, 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 that dynamic of it. It's, like, and unfortunately realistic. It is. But, yeah, two's, uh, two's good. I kind of... I don't think it was bad. I just think I liked one better than it. Two is when we get introduced to him fighting in, in the refrigerator, though, right? No, that's one. No, that's one. He does do it in one, two? Okay. He doesn't do it in two. Yeah. Oh, I thought he did do it in two. No, he works in the meat plant in two. He doesn't actually hit... Like, he hits meat, like, one time. Yeah, like, he's not... he's walking hard. by it. He just, he's oh, like, hey, you, meat. <laughs> Take I that. remember this. He's like, kind of like old friends. Your old friends don't taste this good. <laughs> That's a line for the movie. It is. I remember. I watched three other movies. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> the other ones I watched, I watched National Treasure for the first time. Wow. Did you love it? No. I just listened it's to... It's fine. I just listened to a podcast called Yeah, It's That Bad. It's an older podcast. <laughs> and I just listened to the National Treasure episode. I don't think that movie's that bad. No, it's they had the same take on it. Like, it's it's fine. As far as Nick Cage performances go, he's almost like a real actor in that yeah. movie. Like, he's not out of his mind. No, he's definitely not out of his mind. Pretentious in that movie, though. He is. He's playing the smartest guy in the room. Doug from The Hangovers, and I don't remember the actor's name. Yes. I didn't realize that. He's supposed to be the comic relief. Right? I don't think he can act. He's not that funny. I don't think he's good. There was... He has he has a moment. In, in National Treasure 1, that actor has a moment. And it's when they look at Is the time... Is it like savings time? Yeah. When he, when he kicks his foot on the ground? He's like, no, it wouldn't. Wait, do I know something about history you don't know? I'm just going to bask in this. Is this what you feel like all the time? I like that. Past that, I I think you might be right. But that moment in that movie, I'm like, good on you. So, yeah, before and after that moment. So the character's name is Riley. Yeah, my favorite Riley. my favorite Riley moment is when they find the treasure. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and they're he's like crying and they're like, Oh, what's the matter, Riley? Or he like, You're so taken aback? And he's like, No, stairs because there's so far <laughs> on the ground that there was no way out. Yeah, he thought there was no way out. <laughs> what else did you watch, Joe? <laughs> 
I watched two other things. I watched The Departed because I added it to Netflix. I watched that like three weeks ago. I love that movie. I fucking love that movie. It's pretty good. I did not expect it to end how it ends. Oh, was it your just... first, first time? That was my first time. Wow! We, we talked about this in the chat. Remember when oh, you asked yeah. Leo movies? And I said, oh, which, yeah, two, yeah, which yeah, one yeah. to watch? And you guys yes. like The Departed. I was like, okay. Yeah, that, that ending. Alright, so I saw that in theaters twice. And, okay. spoiler alert, that's like one of my favorite audible gasps theater-wide. Like, <gasps> it's one of those weird movies where it has kind of a longer, drawn-out ending, where like the movie can end at a point, and then it just kind of keeps going. You could end it like three times. You can end it three times, but unlike a lot of the other times that that happens, and I get annoyed by it, in The Departed, I love it. Because every time, like, it could end, but it doesn't, it's somebody else who, like, I thought was going to make it out alive dies, and I'm like, holy shit, they killed them too? I don't like the rat at the end. I thought that was just, like, overdoing it. Like, we get it. What, killing, uh... Uh No, the rat that shows up to eat the Danish on the balcony, that's the closing shot of the movie. I thought that was, like, kind of forced. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I I was too taken aback by what I'd just seen. Um, (laughs) and... Jack Nicholson's not that good in the movie. He's over the goddamn top. Too over the top. He has an accent sometimes. He doesn't have it other times. It's... He uh, gets weirder as the movie progresses. He too. sure does. He gets really weird. Like, the first time you meet him and his henchman breaks the cast off of Leo's hand... Yes. Ray Winstone. Yeah. Like, that, that scene is awesome. He's super composed. He looks really good. The acting's really awesome in that moment. I love on the, both sides. The cranberry juice scene is my favorite scene. Cranberry in the movie. juice thing. This is like a perfect movie yeah. scene. Yeah, that's another really good one. But then by the end, when like he's like, "Get rid of the fucking tail," I'm like, yeah. "How did what happened here?" Oh, and uh, he switched into Jack Nicholson yelling mode. Yeah, T nine texting in your pocket. No way. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not buying that at all. That's incredible. <laughs> like. <laughs> Absolutely not. That man is a goddamn superhero. Right? <laughs> Remembering that the, there's a little bumps on the 5 button, that's how he's facing his T9. Forget about it, man. That's, that's yeah, not bullshit. happening. Thank that's you. a great cast, though. I, it is a good cast. Every time it's I watch it, I'm like, all I'm like, wow, Alec Baldwin's in this. He does a really good job, too. <laughs> Alec I do Bald- like Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin reprives his role from, fuck, what is that movie called? The coffee's from close. The coffee's from Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Thank you. He like reprises his role from Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but as a cop, yeah, he's like the same character. Well, he's in just Glenn as Gary. a cop from South Boston. He's, he's fucking in awesome. Glen Gary, Glenn Ross for about three minutes. Yep. He has that one scene and he's out. Does he have a Boston accent in Glen Gary, Glenn Ross? No, no. But he's just like over the top. Very non-joking around. I mean, I know that scene. Yeah. I I, I couldn't remember if he had a Boston accent or not. No. I don't think so. (laughs) How's your mother? (laughs) She's on her way out. We all are. Act accordingly. (laughs) And the last movie I watched, I had the feeling that someone else watched also The Disaster Artist. Me too. Because they had it at Amazon Prime. You had a good tip there, guys. Yeah, thank you for letting me know that. (laughs) Appreciate that, because... Like, they don't have that advertised on, like, the main screen of Fire TV. I was like, shit, no. I would have never found this. Like, even in, like, the look recent, for it. Yeah, even in the recently added, it wasn't even on there. Like, I had to search the Disaster Artist, and then yeah. it came up as, like, oh, yeah, this is on Prime now. What did you think? I think it's really well done. I thought it was really well done. 
especially with the side by sides at the end. Yes, the side by sides at the end um, may be one of my favorite parts of that. They movie. got like all the timing of the original actors. Yeah. Done. Well, what's really crazy is that sometimes the timing is off. Like the timing will like split and be like a half second behind. You're and right. Then, I meant mannerisms, not timing. Okay, the mannerisms are definitely the same. Yeah. But even with the timing, sometimes the timing goes off a little bit, and like one person's a little faster than the other. But yet they end up resyncing by the end. Yeah, like, that's they true. Always hit like the end lines at the right point, which is awesome. I had some problems story wise with it actually. I enjoyed because it differs from the book. Yeah, it differs from the book in one way that kind of that I thought was a, was bothersome. Greg Sestero never wanted to be in the room. No. And they also had him not ever get anything as an actor in the movie, which was weird. Yeah, no, he, uh, that Brian Cranston scene's totally added. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Uh, But he actually got something... He, he had in the, starred in, the in a, he had starred in a movie six months prior to starting really? The Room. Yeah. He had, he had just gotten done that, filming that, had gotten back, Tommy shows up and is like, we're gonna do a movie now. And it was next pilot season, and he couldn't get any pilots. And that's kind of how Tommy leveraged him to go into it. I like what they did with the Brian Cranston add-on. Like, oh, we need a lumberjack, you got the lumberjack beard, show up on Tuesday. And that's the moment that Tommy, like, takes control of him by shaving it off. Which is, again, completely opposite from what actually happened. He shaves the beard off. In spite of Tommy. Tommy wants him to continue to have the beard the rest of the movie, and he shows up that day knowing that it's, like, the tuxedo scene, freshly shaven. And it was a fight off screen. So they kind of flipped that on his head, but... Overall, though, the performances were fantastic. James Franco. I'm not really a big Franco fan, (laughs) but he really became Tommy Wiseau for that. Like, that's... Uh, Tom That's by far his best performance in my eyes. Yeah, I've never seen Franco do better than that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I never saw even Dave Franco. I'm not a huge Dave Franco fan either. I like him in this. Dave Franco to me will forever be the guy from Scrubs. Not even. Oh, well, I got the worst season of Scrubs. It is I agree. the worst season of Scrubs. <laughs> but that's what I think of when I see. I always just see. I see him in in Twenty One Jump Street for me. Dumb, dumb college movies. I see him in Neighbors. Yeah, I've never seen Neighbors. So yeah, Neighbors was actually really funny. That's what I've heard. Yeah, but like he's one of like the frat dudes in Neighbors. Like that's what I see him as. So for him to pull off, for him and Franco, uh, both Francos to pull off the roles they pulled was great. Seth Rogen as Sandy Sandy Koufax is that how you no no Sandy, Sandy no, Koufax, Koufax is a baseball player yeah. Sandy whatever his name is though his name is Sandy yes, yes. I don't know we're we'll just gonna call him Sandy yeah, yeah. We'll call him I can't Sandy. remember his last he name. did a real good job with it yeah um, he's he's very good no it's it's a good I never I started the book I didn't finish it um I enjoyed it you I should just, go back I think it's I the best comedy I've seen in a while I've, I I don't even think it's that, like. I didn't think it's it was that funny. funny. It's, it's, uh, it's more biopic to me. It's kind of both, right? It is, but it's like... Bio comedy. I found myself by the end of it not having, like, looking back at the movie and being like, I don't know, remember laughing that much. Yeah, same. I just enjoyed my I time enjoyed the it. shit out of it. And I think I was so wrapped up in the story that they were telling that when jokes happened, I was like, I missed them. Like, in, in a trailer, in the trailer, the trailer was hysterical. But that was clearly showing you funny joke moments. Yeah. Stuff in the trailer was funny. The biggest laugh I got was when they uh, 
Chris R, the actor playing Chris R, who may or may not have been Zac Efron. It was Zac Efron. I didn't recognize him in the in the costume, uh-huh. but later I was like, oh, Zac Efron? That was Zac Efron? But anyway, after they see him being Chris R for a while, Tommy's like, this guy's a monster. <laughs> Which <laughs> that again, fucking killed me. That was funny. But again, that's not accurate either. No, it's not. So this movie didn't have a long theatrical run? No. Two weeks, just like The Room. If Two you weeks, saw it, like I room. saw it in theaters so with my friend who loves The Room, and he's the one who introduced me to The Room. Everyone in the theater is a fan of, was a fan of The Room. That makes so sense. I hope we, so. It was, a, it was a great time. A lot of audience participation. I'm lot, really lot sad that going on. see this in theaters. So. Yeah, I, it'll forever be a comedy in my heart. <laughs> I want... I think we as... It is a comedy. Yeah. No, for sure. I think we as Zero Stopping Heroes should go to a midnight showing of The Room somewhere. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I think we should do that. I think that'd be an awesome idea. That would be. It's way less uh, daunting than Rocky Horror. No, so that, I'm in. Never. Yeah. I'm never going to Rocky. I don't even like that movie. Yeah, no. me neither. I saw. I own it. I saw it a couple of times. But when I read what I read about the audience participation, if it's your first time, no, well, thank you. Nope. nope. Not not for me. Not worth it. Do not touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that first time makes me know that I don't want to go back any more than one time either, so... I'll have to get people to go fucking back to that after fucking humiliating them like that. Forget it. Yep. Throwing plastic spoons, though? I can manage yeah. that. I'm all about it. Sestosterone! <laughs> Focus! Unfocus! <laughs> and that's what I've been watching. Let's move on to the rest of what Corey's been watching. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, okay. that, that came on to Netflix today. Never Did it really? It. Yeah. You I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thor Ragnarok got added to Netflix today. Cool, um, I, gotta, I gotta watch that again soon then. And that's what happened. I um, I finished whatever episodes of Bones I was watching with my fiance, threw on Spirit, Bones. and then Spirit was done, and I was, I'm not going to tell you what I was, uh, so I decided Good. to go and watch Thor Ragnarok to get myself psyched for this episode, because Thor Ragnarok is just such a good movie. It's just so much fun. And I only got halfway through it. Dude, as long as you got to an immigrant song. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get to an immigrant song three minutes into the movie. (laughs) Exactly. Five minutes in. What I noticed looking back at it now, they started incorporating some of the Thor effects that they've been using since. Like, the cool Thor effects from Infinity War start getting introduced in Ragnarok. What do you mean? Lightning lightning eyes. Yeah. Yeah, um, the, The... it, at this point, it's still Mil- Milnor. Milnor. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, get, like, having, like, lightning wrapped around it, like that really bright white lightning wrapped mm-hmm. around it. Just a bunch of those type of effects that you see at the Battle of Wakanda. So, that was fun. Was it? That is it. That's all I watched. Sequel, what do you got? I have five movies that I watched last Way to one-up me. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. I didn't know you watched four movies. You're right. <laughs> Go on. I watched The Fugitive. Ah, uh, yes. Did you ever see it? No, but I, I'm sure it's good. Classic. Very good, yes. It's a it's a action movie that can't exist today with cell phones. Just saying. No, no, it cannot. <laughs> but Tommy Lee Jones, Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones wins the movie, hands down. I think it's his best performance. Definitely check it out. Fun fact, it is the only movie based on a TV show to be nominated for Best Picture. Wow. I didn't know it was based on a TV show. Yeah. Well, The Fugitive, it's a guy on the run. He's accused of murdering his wife, but he claims a one-armed man did it. And the 
TV show, he's like always like this close to coming up to catching the one-armed man. The movie takes a different spin, though. It's better that way. He's got two arms. No, yeah. He's, there's a one-armed man. And the guy that <laughs> get to play, the one-armed man, is a really does a... He overacts, I would say. They're like, what did you expect a one-armed man to do? It's this really funny where, where they're like, oh, we're looking for our Kimball. Have you heard of him? Yeah, he's the guy that said the one-armed man killed his wife. Oh, so you heard of him? Yeah, I got one arm! <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Definitely check it out. It's from the early 90s. Um, I watched Jaws. Start of summer. I know that movie. Gotta, gotta start Old your summer, summer off movie. With, with Jaws. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it before. I've watched it many times, and I've mentioned it many times on this podcast. Did so. they still need a bigger boat? They do need a bigger boat. Okay. One thing I like really appreciated, though, there's this one shot. It's, it's as the boat's sinking, and he climbs the mast... And he's, like, lying on it with the gun, but he's lying in, like, a cool sharpshooter way, and you just see the dorsal fin, like, coming straight at him. That's a really, really good shot. So, if you, if you guys watch it this summer, which you both should. I will. Yeah, I'll probably get there. It. Definitely. My question is, though, could Roy have saved the Punisher? Absolutely. Just get in a boat. <laughs> two sharks. Save this movie. Oh. I watched The American President. That one I don't know. It's an Aaron Sorkin movie. I love Aaron Sorkin. Did you have you ever seen the show West Wing? Yes. No. All right. So a lot of the same characters in West Wing are the actors in The American President. Are they playing them the same different role? roles? Like, um, how old is it? Uh, early nineties. Also, came okay. out before West Wing. So, um, Jed Bartlett, played by um, uh, Martin Sheen. Yes. He is the uh, chief of staff. Oh, okay. And Michael Douglas cool. is the president. And uh, Josh Lyman's character is actually played by Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Is he. This isn't the one where he's single and he's got a love interest, right? It is the one where he's single and he has a love interest. So the love interest is. Um, Julie Roberts is. No, it's not Julie Roberts. It was popping in my head. I know that's Jones. No. I'm no, just taking a no, stab here. Um, I want to say Annette Betting. Annette Benning. Maybe? Yeah, I think so. Now that now that you mentioned it, I've seen bits of this movie. I, I've definitely seen the dance like the dance. It's really good just because it's a Sorkin script and it's the dialogue's amazing. Yeah, the again, the little bits I've seen, it was really good. It's it's a good plot. Again, he's a single president and he uh has a love interest and it's kinda like what the tabloids do to him and do to his love interest and how like uh it's an auction year and the the candidate that he's going against is using that against him. It's it's why no I don't think I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure no president in American history has been single. Um a couple have. They mention it in the movie. Really? Yeah. Grover Cleveland maybe? No, I, I James Garfield? I'm just naming president. I have I have no idea. They mentioned the movie, it's a quick throwaway line, but he mentions presidents dating. It probably can't happen in it's today. Certainly can't. Certainly can't. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get into I'm my, not going to rule anything out. Yeah, I'm not going to rule anything on out. Yeah. Past presidential trends. Yeah. It'll be tough to know overcome. But yeah, if you like Sorkin, definitely check it out. I love me some Sorkin. I've never met a Sorkin movie I didn't like. You see Molly's game? Not yet. I really want to. I want to see Molly's game. Too. We should. Maybe we should do that too. Have a Molly's game movie night. Let's do that. Yeah. CTH movie night. Fuck the spirit. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why don't we just wait and go watch Molly's game and yeah, go home? Let's do that. Guys, a movie? Never mind. Uh, movie number four was The Exorcist. Yes. 
I haven't seen that in a really long time. I haven't seen that since like 2005. So I, I saw watched that like once a year. I was at college once. As a kid, I remember asking my parents what's the scariest movie I ever saw, and they both said The Exorcist, and I watched it. I'm like, this is not that bad. But like, at the time. As you get older, you appreciate it more. You're like, wow, people must have been really scared of this in the 70s. My mom wouldn't let it in the house. Yeah? My mom would not let it in the house. My dad bought it from Blockbuster. Like, it was one of those things that, like, when Blockbuster would get done renting the movies, they would just sell them for cheap. Yeah. He went in, he bought The Exorcist, because he was a big fan of horror movies like I am, and he went to bring it in the house, and my mom saw it in, like, the bag, and and she's like, get that out of my goddamn house, we are not having The Exorcist in our house. So we buried it in the yard. (laughs) I didn't know it at the time, obviously, I was really young when he did that, but at one point I'm working on a car in the garage, and there's a fucking copy of The Exorcist is sitting on my dad's toolbox, I was like, Dad, why do you have The Exorcist out here? He's like... Your mother won't let it in the house. <laughs> I was like, why do you still have it? Then he's like, doesn't mean I don't want to watch it eventually. Is there a TV in the garage? <clears throat> nope. Nope. Uh, the, one, of the first things, one of the first things he did after my mom left, though, was, was bring the exorcist in the house. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, he's just like, hey, I can bring the exorcist in now. But that wasn't the breaking point. I don't know. Two things that stood out about that movie is the the cover of it is the old priest standing under a light lamppost. Mm-hmm. That's a very quick scene in the mo- like in the movie. It doesn't. It's just a cool shot. It doesn't really add to the story at all. And then going into it, you hear about the the head spinning around being the, the scariest part. I ranking the scariest parts. That's like fifth. Uh, I I would go four to five myself. Yeah. The part that made me jump the most is um. It's not really a scary scene, but um, the young priest, Father Karras, is listening to a recording of Reagan mm-hmm. being possessed, and he's concentrating, and he's concentrating, and he's concentrating, and you can hear, like, the devil speaking Latin, and all of a sudden, the phone rings. I, like, jumped oh, out of yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was in there. I think my... The part, for me, that... It's not even scary, but the one that, like, gets me the most is the scene with the cross. The crucifix scene. The crucifix That's disgusting. Scene. Yeah. I would put that as my number one or my number two. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not scary necessarily, but it is... It's horrifying. It is, yeah. It is a horrifying moment, and... Well, it's a, like a 12-year-old it, it, girl yeah. doing that. And it's that's the tough. thing. In the background, you know that it's an actual 12-year-old girl yeah. doing it on the screen. I'm like, listening to Linda Blair when she was 12 get interviewed about, like, her scripts... Yeah. Like surprisingly mature about it. She's like, no, 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 I get it. When I'm reading the words on the paper, it's not me, it's this character. I would never say any of this stuff. I was like, good on you, Linda Blair. Visually, though, her crawling down the stairs backwards, it's like, whoa. (laughs) When they redid that, when they re-released it theatrically for like the 20 or 30 year, like... Mm. I don't have been that's, seven, eight years that's the version I watched I have the extended yeah cut, so. so when they do that moment remastered it is horrifying yeah it is it, every time any that's what gets me when it comes to horror movies like ghost style horror movies any weird body motion is what gets me yeah like the ring girl in the um same thing in the extended cut and she gets to the bottom of the stairs she starts vomiting blood yes and no. like, whoa all right. I remember a lot of this movie, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's been 13 years since I've seen it. The last time I watched it, 
not as just a something I'm going to do around Halloween because I watch it around Halloween every year. When I watched it on my own for a purpose, I had to actually watch it for a class in college. Nice. Yeah, it, it was a human depravity. No, it was it was Homac. religions in America. Family consumer stuff. No, it was like religions in America or something like that. Hmm. And we had to watch it and write a paper, and it was awesome. Oh, movie number five would be my favorite movie of all time: Twelve Angry Men. Nice, nice. I watched that immediately after watching the Spirit. <laughs> I needed something good in my life. That is that is a very So you good watch Twelve Angry Men for the same reason I watched Thor Ragnarok. Absolutely, yep. Corey. Yep. Well okay. cheers to that. The Spirit was the last movie I watched, guys. Oh man. I'm sorry. Me too. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not giving anything away for the podcast. What are we at? Forty two minutes before we even start talking about this goddamn movie. Nobody wants to talk about it. Oh Jesus. I'm gonna have this is gonna be an editing job. <sighs> Leave all of what I've been watching in and make the spirit talk like five minutes. <laughs> make the spirit It's talk. really not going to be very long. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Was everything? That was yes. everything. How's all five? And that is what we've been watching. Let's do our the movie facts for the spirit. It was released in 2008. It's rated PG-13. It's one hour and 43 minutes long. Its director's name is Frank Miller, and thankfully he hasn't directed a whole lot of things for me to read this list. He's also directed Sin City and Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, but he didn't do those alone. He has a real niche style. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I don't know if it's his style or if it's Rodriguez's style. It's comics. Well, Rodriguez did one scene in the first Sin City. No, that was Tarantino. Tarantino did the one scene? Yeah. Okay. Rodriguez helped out with both Sin Cities, gotcha. or did the bulk of both Sin Cities. Well, Rodriguez is in other movies, not that style. So, yes. So I would consider that. Sure, this is Frank Miller's style, <laughs> and sometimes it works. This movie stars Gabriel Macht, Macht, Samuel L. Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, Eva Mendez, Sarah Paulson, Dan Loria, Stana Kadic, Louis Lombardi, and Jamie King. It was budgeted... At mostly question mark. Wikipedia has it sixty million. Who really knows? It ended up grossing thirty nine million dollars. Nineteen <laughs> million of that was domestic. Sorry, it's not a good poll. No, not not good at all. The scores for the movie Rotten Tomatoes has it as a fourteen percent. Certified. How the fuck did this get fourteen percent? The audience really liked it compared to that because they have it at twenty five percent. Certified. Uh... Get the get your fucking heads out of your ass. IMDb has a 4.8 out of 10. You know you made a bad movie when even IMDb has you below 5. Metacritic, biggest troll site in the world with a 30. And the user score of (laughs) (laughs) 7.7. Okay, I'm back. Did I give anything away? Let's get into our general thoughts about The Spirit. Hey, sequel. This movie's dog shit. (laughs) It's... Terrible! It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's it's so bad. I remember seeing previews for this, and I saw like the um, the Sin City style. I remember being kind of excited for it. And I think I went to see it like a week after that it was out, and it wasn't out anymore, which says a lot. And then no one's spoken about it since. It was in theaters for less time than the room. It seems that way. Oh, it's so bad. It was really tough to get through. I have two positives, and the rest are negatives <laughs> when, I, when it comes I to hope, this movie. I hope we have the same positives. I said the same thing to sequel a little while ago. <laughs> it is so freaking bad. This is the worst movie we've done since this Fat Four Stick. It might be, like, one of the three worst we've ever done, period. It is so freaking bad. I disagree with you 
on that point specifically, but other than that, spot interesting. On. Catwoman's worse than this. Uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> Corey, what do you think? I'd rather light myself on fire than watch this fucking movie again. This isn't a question mark. This is hands down the worst movie I have ever watched. And obviously the worst movie we've ever done for this podcast. I am glad I own Fant4Stick compared to this movie. Like, watching this movie makes me not as mad that I had to buy Fant4Stick. This has one, two redeeming qualities, and then an hour and 47 minutes of exposition dialogue that... That's longer than the runtime. <laughs> it was 146? 143. 143, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's bad. Real bad. Don't, um... Just don't do this to yourself, guys. Those are my general thoughts, Joe. <laughs> wow, this puts me in a weird position. Because, like, this movie is really not good at all. But I don't think it's the worst movie we've ever done. I, what is worse than this? It's among the worst movies we've ever Catwoman done. I think Catwoman is worse Catwoman than this. Is bad. Definitely worse than this. I don't think it's definitely worse than this. I, I would, would put this below Catwoman. I would not by a lot, though. I, I had to stop watching Catwoman. This movie I was able to get through in one sitting. I don't. I don't think this movie has an interesting premise. Uh, I'm gonna get right back. No. <laughs> huh? We'll get there. If you read the IMDb synopsis of this movie, you're like, okay, maybe this will be fine. Okay. It's not. That's the point I'm making. But just, I like bad movies. It's not a bad movie that's entertaining. It's just a bad movie that I don't need to see again. What about Howard the Duck? This is worse than Howard the Duck? No. No. Okay. You just said this is the worst movie, and you said it's not worse than Howard the Duck. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you meant the other way around. No, I would, I would I rather watch Howard the Duck than this. Yeah, because at least this is a duck live action running. I can get behind that. <laughs> yep. That's, that's somewhat interesting to me. <laughs> I'd rather watch weird, almost duck bestiality than this. I don't know how to feel about this, because like... I'm by no means championing, no, championing this movie. I just... I don't think it's the worst movie ever made. Nope. I got a 14%, not like a 4. You don't have to defend it. I'm not going to. Don't Good. worry. <laughs> I'm gonna also highly criticize it. Excellent. I think the... I was excited... Not excited, but I was like, maybe this movie won't be as bad as I've heard. Because reading the synopsis and knowing what it's about, I'm like, there's a possibility that maybe I'll think this movie was alright. It's not... This movie squanders all the opportunities it gets. Any, any, there's like one or two cool ideas it stumbles upon, I think, by accident, and then does not capitalize it on at all. We'll get into those in specifics, but yeah, it's not good. I said a couple of times while watching this out loud by myself, I was like, this movie's terrible. <laughs> From here on out, we're going to be spoiling the spirit. If you've never seen the spirit, just don't, according to these two. <laughs> this movie is the food equivalent of having something that's so disgusting that you turn to your friend and is like, dude, this is disgusting. Try this. That's what this movie is. If you decide to watch it, this is us telling you, this movie's awful. You have to see it. I don't even agree with that. Don't see it. Yeah, just (laughs) don't skip it. This movie offers very little. So, yeah, so spoilers from here on out. Let's go. The spirit. I'm gonna kick it off with The city cries out. (laughs) 
I am its spirit. I don't know if I'm being Rorschach or Christian Bale's Batman. All <laughs> fucking movie. He's so unlikable, right? He's, yes. Yes. The actor, Gabriel Mucht, he has never been in a movie that was fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. He's been in like, I want to say like 15 movies, 10, 15 movies. None of them are good. So he's from, even he's, by sheer dumb luck, actors like, luck into movies that are he, fresh. He's more known for a television He's role, on Suits. Right? Yeah. Suits. That's the that's only it. thing he does on TV. So he's, the, an, like that show. he's the anti-Tom Hanks. Because Tom Hanks, Makes, all his movies are fresh for the most part. He's like 95% sure. of his movies are like at least a 73 or half. To say that Gabriel Mock is the polar reverse of Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is accurate. to really <laughs> give Gabriel Mack more credit than he deserves. <laughs> He's an unlikable character. I don't understand his ability or his power. He can't die, but he needs medical attention anyway. That he can't whole, die, but he can... If he chooses to? I, if, that was so stupid and weird. I don't get his bond to the city, how it helps him. It doesn't really. He He's, says it does. It's kind of forced down your throat. He's He does a bad job acting in this movie. He's not the worst actor. Act, it's not the worst acting performance we get in this movie. No. Um, I, that's probably Dan Loria. Yeah. Dan Loria's not good. Even Mendez's not good. Mendez is better than those two, though. I don't know if that's true. Dan Loria's totally over the top. And I like Dan Loria a lot. I love The Wonder Years, and I've seen him in other is things. Is that the dad from Wonder Years? That's the yeah. dad from Wonder Holy Years. Holy shit. Right? I knew I knew him he's, somewhere. He's the thing I hate the most about this movie. He's just like... He's honestly what I hate the most about this movie. I will say this. He's like old 50s noir detective over the top. However, this doesn't take place in the 50s because they pull out a Nokia cell phone and throw it in the audience's face. I hated that part. It's ringing the first two, three minutes of the movie. I'm like, what phone's not going off? What time period is this supposed to be? It doesn't know. It definitely It's a fictional time period. And by the way, this is Central City. Yes. In the DC Universe. Is it? This is DC. It is definitely DC. So Central City would be the Flash. The Flash, right? But this, I, this I, is a hundred years before the Flash. Where they had cell phones. <laughs> I don't get what's don't going know. on. I, yeah, I that's... guess it's its own contained universe. Maybe it's a multiverse type deal. I don't get it. <sighs> Pre-Flash, perhaps. But you know what? It... Corey's speechless for the first time ever. I am. He doesn't know what to say. And it's the spirit's fault. I care less about the continuity of Central City because I don't even get that far into a moment of the movie. Like, it's not like, oh, cool, they called they called out Central City. This is Central City. I wonder if this is pre-Flash or maybe post-Flash in like a weird apocalypse or what it is. This is post-Flashpoint. Like, yeah, I... I <laughs> It's just bad. Like, I don't even care. Like, I, I have no... There there aren't any real stakes in this movie. I don't even know what the fuck is going on in this movie. There's no plot, either. Well, there is a plot. It's just... I don't know what it is, stupid. though. It, it exists, but they did a poor job of helping me comprehend it. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. They tell you what it is really far into it, also. Like, it's... <laughs> The blood the of Heracles. Weird. Isn't he Hercules? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's let's 
breaking this down. Just for a Let's minute. unpack this. Just for a quick minute, I'm going to unpack the major plot problem that exists within the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie. Everybody shows up at the weird lake place, right? Tar- half tar pit, half lake, whatever it is. Sure. So, even Mendez pops up. Sand. Her name is Sand. Sand. Sand Serif. Sand I'm pretty, Serif. I thought that was the name of a font for a while. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Sand with a D at the end. Oh, okay. That's the difference between the font and her name. Um, she shows up, and the octopus, played by Samuel L. Jackson, shows up. He's like the high point of this movie. He okay. really is. He's over the top Samuel L. Jackson, which is fine. We expect that from him. Yeah. He's the octopus. Why is he called the octopus? Because he has eight of everything that we find out five minutes before the movie ends. Well, what is his obsession with eggs? I don't know. He's an octopus. They love eggs. I don't know. Do they? It's bad writing. No. It's terrible. Lazy writing at best. good. So... Also, the octopus in the comics, you, like, only ever see his hands. Really? Hmm. That's what I read. Okay. They both show up at this weird water tar pit thing, going after two separate boxes... But that identical. Ha- identical boxes that happen to be in the same place. Now, if, by some weird freak luck of nature, the boxes had been switched out the gate, the rest of the movie doesn't need to exist? Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So it's the Golden Fleece and the Blood of Heracles. Yep. Inside a vase. Inside a vase. Yep. And they're important. They are. For reasons op- we're given. Yeah. <laughs> for motivations for each villain. The octopus wants the Blood of Heracles, but Sand winds up with the Blood of Heracles. And Sand wants the Golden Fleece, but the octopus winds up with it. Get two you criminal masters. You got my blood of Heracles and my golden fleece. You got yeah, my golden fleece. Blood of Heracles. But they can't just actually be civil villains and show up at a place and be like, "Listen, I'll give you yours. You give me mine. We go our separate ways and be criminal masterminds in our own places." To be separately. fair, they did try that about an hour and a half into the movie. Yes, they did. So, the spirit was a beat cop that got killed and experimented on and became somewhat... By a coroner. And became somewhat immortal. Yes. And then he rises from the dead like a zombie and goes to Dan Loria's house, who <laughs> was his police captain, and said, I don't know how to explain it. I'm alive. I feel things. I can be the city's... The city spirit? Yes. And that's his new name. And then he fights crime at night. It, it, it's literally... That was the most pointless scene. It, it really is. was. But it, it... It's like, we already know all of this. We do. By the time we get you're, any of this you're stuff... You're a dickhead. By the time we get any of this stuff, we've kind of figured it out. But it's like the guy, whoever, whoever wrote this comic book, just, like, pulled thematic elements from all of his other favorite comic books and threw them together. Well, to be fair, I've heard the comic is much better than this movie that we got. That's not hard to do. Yeah. Like, can't be tough. Nope. I mean, <sighs> one of the shining, shimmering, positive moments in this movie. The fact that you said shining and shimmering already makes me know that you're lying. No, no, no. Go on. I'm, Was it the Golden I'm, Fleece? I'm being relative. The sand shiny, shimmering things. <laughs> the ultimate shiny thing. No, rel- I, I honestly believe, relatively speaking, that I 
enjoyed the visual aspect of this movie. I like the way that Sin City shot. This is Sin City dialed up to 11 where the entire movie is shot like that. This is Sin City, like, too much. It's like Frank Miller was like, people like Sin City... I have no idea why. Let me make this movie exactly like that. It, it is. It, that, but that's not good. You know, the, the opposite problem is that, you know, when you dial Sin City up to 11, there's no restraint. And one of the things that's beautiful about Sin City is when they, they pick and choose their moments to go real graphic novel-y. And this was just graphic novel from start to finish. I, again, I still liked it. it nothing looked Nothing looked wrong. terrible. It, like, took me out of it when he's like... Running through the city in the opening fucking credits and backflipping. Oh yeah, and yeah. The 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 running on the uh, the wires and him like explaining what they are. Yeah, like, to him. Dumb, stupid. Going back to the visuals though, like Sin City is cool. Whereas it's black and white, but they have the vibrant color in there. But in that you get you get red, you get blue, you get yellow. This was all black, white, and red, right? Black, we didn't white. get this in blue. What what blue do we get? I think it's uh, Ellen's dress or Ellen something with it. Okay, we also get the gold. Yes, and the gold from the fleece from the golden fleece. The golden fleece. That's a great show. But I, I feel Sin City kind of like it pops more. It does, and I get over the visuals very quickly. Yeah, very when, quickly. when you find out there's no substance to back it up, you're like, okay. Yeah, but at least like again, it's not that it, it made it better. It's like. I enjoyed this style, and visually, I can be entertained just by looking at how cool, how they managed to make something that is live action look like an actual comic book. Like, I can enjoy that. It doesn't make the movie better. It's still a fucking dumpster fire, but at least I can find a positive in this movie. I'm done saying things that are positive about this movie. I'm I'm back on the negative bandwagon and going to continue that the rest of the way home. I can go for my two positives. Yeah, go for it. I kind of like the cast, especially the females. I feel they're beautiful. Every woman in this movie is visually stunning to me. Yeah. Even Officer Morgenstern, well, who is yeah, uh, Beckett but, from Castle. Yes. But they do nothing. Fine, but they, they look, the look is appealing to me. Und- like, Paz Vega, gorgeous in this. Agreed. Is that character? No, no, that's that was, uh, uh, the, the sword. Plaster of Paris. Plaster of Paris, yes. What? That's the name we're going with. Okay, hopefully she's from the comics. Yeah. Um, Scarjo looks fine. Eva Mendes looks fine. Even Sarah Paulson look, looks good to me. Like, they look... Lots of gratuitous moments. Yeah, I, that happens. And the spirit's a pretty big womanizer. They, that's what He they, is. Which really, you know what? They make... The, I don't know if it's on purpose. I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah he's, not, he's not a likable hero at all. No, he doesn't work well with the police. He, he's anti-police, and they they're, they have the same goal in mind. He's he's just hell-bent on revenge, and he's a womanizer. He's obviously cheating on Ellen the entire time, right? He, cheat, he borderline cheats on Ellen with her in the fucking room. Right? They're about to finish make like go and like make love when her dad busted in with the other cop. Whoever the young actress they got to play a young Sand looks exactly like Eva Mendes yeah. also. So that Yeah, that was that was a striking resemblance. That that was done very well. Because um, she was awesome. I, I made I made mention I made a mental note of that too. She was exactly who you should cast in that scenario. And my other <laughs> positive for this movie is they introduced a prop early on, and it came back to be an important plot piece at the end. And that was with the flak jacket. Oh. 
I don't remember the flag jacket in the beginning. I thought the flag. I, I thought they didn't even mention the flag jacket so late. They the do. Game. So when um you first meet Officer Morgan Stern, Dan Lawyer is like, did you notice the flag jacket? Being that you look at every woman that you see, and he's like, they were donated by this guy, and that's the guy that was like dead. Defense. Defense. Yes, he's the one that tipped off Sand and the, both Sand and the octopus as to the locations of the two crates they were after. Mm-hmm. And. They're, they're new flak jackets, so, and um, at the end, when the, the octopus is shooting the spirit with bigger and bigger and bigger guns, I'm like, he probably has one of the flak jackets on, and that turned out to be the case. I also assumed that, but just because I I was pretty sure I had this movie figured out. <laughs> yeah, I was at two positives, the beautiful woman and the flak jacket. So that's why I recognized her and enjoyed the young uh, Sand. Her name is Sachel Gabriel. I probably said maybe it's Seychelles. Satchel? Satchel is what came to mind. S E Y C H E L. Seychelles. Seychelles. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Seychelles was in the last Airbender. That piece of garbage. I haven't had the pleasure. Nope. nope. Seen that movie? You haven't had to deal with the horror of watching that movie. Correct. Uh, she was also in Falling Skies, which was an awesome TV show. Okay. I've heard of that show. That show was great. And it, it's over, and I'm sad about it. With her performance, it's not that I thought she was bad by any means. I feel like that's one of those situations where she was given shit to work with, and she did the best with what she got, but it still turned out really bad. See, I, I thought she was fine. I mean, she was like, fine, but it doesn't make any sense for a cop for a cop's daughter who just sees her cop dad get shot... TL, I hate cops at a camera. Like, it doesn't... Because they all disappoint her. Yeah, that, that was... That was God, weird. Corey. Sorry. It's okay. Don't, it's... How could I miss that nuance of this movie, Joe? How dare I? It was like she was they like... They were a, so subtle about it. A tough Brooklyn street kid in Central City in unknown year. <laughs> I can't get over the time period. In year X. <laughs> uh, well, they have that, like, super high... Falutin elevator that's like all glass and like on the outside of the building too in that scene in another scene where the cell phone comes out yeah right after he gets pushed out the fucking window yeah by sand sand yeah and then people are asking to jump <laughs> yeah jump what? there's not a lot of excitement in Central City they don't Apparently have a not. lot to do Apparently sure <laughs> a jumper really livened up Tuesday at 3pm and then when it didn't go their way, they just kind of... Well, like, time yeah. to go back to work. Time to go neglect our kids. Samuel Jackson's performance is probably the best in the movie. It's a, as expected. It's he, one of my highlights of the movie he, because he's insane as we expect. Um, he clones his henchmen. 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 Fine, right? I mean... I have the biggest problem in the world with the henchmen. What's that? This is what I was talking about with fantastic idea completely squandered by this movie. The first three henchmen we see are Ethos, Pathos, and Logos. Right. Yes. Those are the three methods from, like, ancient Greek or Mm -hmm. Greek literature of persuasion. Logic, ethics, and emotion. Sure. If they keep those three characters around, they have a really cool dynamic because they're, I guess, identical and they can express different viewpoints for things about the octopus is doing or whatever. That's a cool device they can use. But it turns out, no, they're all just the same. They say the same things. They're the worst. 
And then they I had don't... hope for this movie at that moment. When I saw the shirts, I was like, okay, this could be something. And then they completely destroy that. I, I hate I'm it so you. much. I'm super with you on that. I saw the... I, I kind of noticed the same thing. I was like, oh, that's a cool concept. Like, it would be cool if, like, each one... Like, the one that was ethos was, like, just hyper-ethical, and the yeah. one that was pathos was just super emotional. That's what thought was going to happen. And they're just echoing the same sentence yep, right. back and forth. Yeah, their and names then, don't represent their personalities no, at all. exactly. It's, it's just... just and then and, and then what happens like the rest of the movie with every other henchman it's just words that end in OS. Play. Yeah, the end you, get a, you get an adios. <laughs> adios amigos. Yes. Yeah, adios amigos. Huevos Rancheros bring back the egg again. SOS. He just murders three of them randomly for no reason. And he gets yelled at by Scarlett Johansson saying like no we don't have enough of them left. And yet the fucking clown car worth of them pull out at the end from the fucking back of the whatever truck that shows up to make the exchange. One of them just commits seppuku in there for reasons. Yeah, what was with that scene? And then doesn't die, he's just sitting there doing it. I don't, I don't know. Why was it the Japanese tie in this? Just added it in there for the sake of adding it in there? Frank Miller, ladies and gentlemen. That, that one, less weird, does not weird me out nearly as much as the fucking Nazi ones at the end. The Nazi one was really weird. I I had it be in the comic. Maybe. It's possible. I hope so. I guess. That and and again, I mean, like, you know, that that might be the connection, right? Japan and Japan and Germany were on the same side during World War Two. They were Axis both Axis powers. They were the Axis, so like maybe that's what they were going with on that. I don't know, but again, nobody was doing ritualistic suicide in World War Two either. And it's not like it was working. He's just like standing there smiling. This smarts. Am I doing this right? It really hurts. Looks, looks good to me. So, Alan, was Alan dating uh, the spirit before he became the spirit? I want to say his name was Denny, but I think I'm thinking of Danny. I think it's Danny. <laughs> I, th- I think it is. Because she goes, yeah, I miss my Boy Scout. But she doesn't know that he's the spirit? Does that... No, only her dad does. But he looks the same, he just has a stupid... She's never seen him without... It's Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh my god. It's the same argument. Uh, People we, are stupid. Every time, every time somebody's fucking entire costume is based, predicated on a weird thing that just kind of covers their eyes. Who's the most likable, redeemable character in this movie? Eva Mendes, probably, for me? Mm. I don't like her either. She's a thief. Yeah, but the she, most redeemable character? I don't know. But she's the, the only, but I, I think she's the only one that has a, like, a redemption arc. I only like Dan Loria in this. As far as a character, really, I he but his performance is so bad. That's that fair, it's, but it ruins his, it for but me. his character is the most likable character in the movie. I he's think the only, he's he's looking out for the spirit. He doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. He's still upholding the law. He's the only person who's not a bag of shit in this movie. I disagree. I mean, and Ellen, Officer Morgenstern, she's fine too. Yeah, she's the hero. She yeah. saw. She comes up with all the the uh, detective like answers, and then she brings a big gun to the gunfight and wins the movie. <laughs> it should have been about her. But she's a very static character. Yeah. She's got she's got one note. Hey, look at me! I hope I get a, to become a detective soon. Come on, rookie. Then again, they all have one note. I take, I take that back. <laughs> that was a stupid sentence. Like <laughs> so we finally get why the octopus is called the octopus in the last like ten minutes of the movie. Eight of everything. So when we first see the octopus in the like the first scene again, going back to that, 
He starts pulling out gu- like pairs of guns after pairs of guns. Did you think of Boondock Saints? I thought of Boondock Saints. I, I did think about Boondock Saints a little bit, but I also thought that this would be a good opportunity to introduce the octopus aspect of it. Make sure you show him pull out four different sets of guns. They get two sets in, and then we don't see any more. And then at the end, he sure. actually says, I'm the octopus because I have eight of everything, and he gets through four sets of guns with increasing number of barrels per gun. So his third set of guns has eight barrels, and then his fourth set of guns, so his seventh and eighth gun, have eight barrels each. We think he's done now, but then the helicopters all roll in, and he pulls out two monster machine guns and just starts shooting wildly at these fucking helicopters. I'm like, he's no longer the octopus, right? Because now he's got ten? What the fuck is happening? He's a dectopus. He's a dectopus, yeah, there you go. Stick was like, I can't tell. I don't know. It's just... (laughs) It just doesn't... It's There's no logic... No theory of logic that flies through... Like, connects this movie from start to finish. There's zero logic. Like, I'm trying to run through the plot in my head, which barely exists. Good luck. It's... Those two crates, the wrong people steal them, and they want to make an exchange, and the spirit kind of wants to exonerate San, because he was in love with her as a child... And then, you can't imagine that she's actually a bad, bad person. That she's just, she's a terrible person. She's, she's just she's put under the wrong situation. She's yeah, been married like what eight times, and they I all guess. kill themselves at her suggestion. Yes. Well, apparently the one killed himself by drinking the blood of Heracles. Isn't that what she says in the tower? I thought it drove him crazy. I, thought, I think it drove him crazy. I don't think he he drank it. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, he should, they just made. He, she made a mention about it and drove him crazy. So yeah, yeah so they it, it's it gets at least up to this this swap that's supposed to happen where the right person gets the right crate. She only wants it because it's shiny, right? I don't think she wants to use it for anything. And then yeah. the octopus needs the blood of Heracles to, to become become, become immortal, right? And they make mention that if if the spirit were to ever drink it, he would become immortal and cause all sorts of problems for the octopus. Yeah, that's pretty much the premise of this. Because there can only be one. It's Highlander, (laughs) and it leads up to this ending where the exchange is going to happen. But the police and the spirit come up with this plan, which is to show up with a bunch of people and start shooting the octopus. Is that the plan? Pretty much. First, it's for the spirit to get shot a lot. The spirit, the spirit is meant to take all of all of the shots from the octopus because they know he's only got four pairs of guns. So once he shoots all eight of his, all, as soon as he runs out of ammo and all eight of his guns... He's empty. He's empty and they can run in, which... That's not true. Yeah, which isn't true. And it's literally what the the chief says after the fourth set of guns gets they all fired, run out yes they all, ha we would just try to draw you out and wait for you to be out of ammo and then he pulls out two monster machine guns and starts fucking attacking the helicopters now this really leads you to believe that the spear and the octopus have been fighting for a long time right yes. yep months years and the spirit probably knows why he's called the octopus I, w- I would lead him to believe that this has come up before why did it take them this long to get to this plan <laughs> Maybe they don't talk a lot. <laughs> he also didn't know why they were the same. It, it's it, utterly ridiculous. The, the plot's the, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, oh yes. Yeah. The octopus also created the spirit. And tells him so, and tells I, him yep. exactly what his evil plan is, and how to thwart him. Yeah, it's a trope Dude, this, I don't like. I hate that trope. It's um, like a trope. 
You know another trope I really hate? When you overdo the noir. Like, I, like So for an hour and 43 minutes? Yes, exactly. Too much noir? Is too much saying? noir. Like, I think that there's a limit, and I think as soon as you hit that limit, anything past that is 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 way too much. And this movie is almost entirely too much. We get almost too much noir exposition in the opening goddamn sequence. Let alone the next hour and a half. I paused this movie 15 minutes in, and I was like, holy shit, I'm only 15 minutes in. I actually said that out loud before I went to dinner. Like, before I started eating dinner. I was like, how the fuck am I going to get through another hour and a half of this? Opening of this movie, isn't it with the angel of death talking? Yep. Yes. That was terrible. Her whole existence is terrible in this, too. Like, every time she's on screen where the spirit almost dies, she's like, oh, almost, so close, I could feel your presence. Get rid of that. It's, an, it's a really, 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 and I cannot stress how really bad version of, um... Please say Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2, Yeah. Despite having come out ten years prior. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, Devil 2 does... has the exact same effect, but is good, and this is just garbage. It's not the exact same effect either, because Deadpool 2 picks a character from Wade Wilson's life that he has a... That he, that's drawn to him. And what we find out when he does die at one point is that she is connected to him, to his life at some point. As what? I don't know. She's just the angel of death. She has no yeah, pers- I don't think There's no personal connection. I thought they made the mention of a Absolutely personal Absolutely not. No, I, I think she's just the <laughs> representative of death. Fucking stupid. Waiting, I, even worse. Waiting to make out then with I hate, then I, then I hate it even worse. Yeah, it's... it's I hate it that much worse. No. Does, does not work at Thanks, all. Thanks, sequel. Appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> you just dropped this movie from the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Corey's getting this a zero. <laughs> I'm burying the lead. <laughs> Um, Hardly to bury. Yeah, dude, I I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of spent here. Uh, I kept thinking of Sin City the entire time I was watching well, this. Of course, how can you and, not? Well, and it's well, hang on, <laughs> and how much I'd rather be watching Sin City. Um, this character is kind of related to Dwight, right? I think he has like, their storylines are kind of similar. Yeah, you meant from I would agree with that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would Not agree sure. that that's that that's probably the closest. Right, kind of like you're like a yes. bad guy, good guy. You're kind of rooting for. He's not the best person. Womanizer has a tie to the underworld. We're rooting for him by default, though, and, and that's the worst part. Like, there's not another option. But he's the lesser of two evils in this. I was rooting for the movie to end for most of the time. Is he the lesser of two evils? Is the octopus really that bad? Yes. I he think shows up as a Nazi. He does. He does dress up as a Nazi. He dresses up as a Nazi. I don't know why. I don't mean dress up. I mean, he shows up, and that's like his speech. Yeah, well. One of the moments that I knew there was no coming back for this movie was when the fence dies. Believe it or not, as dumb and minimal of a scene as that is, I feel like it would be really easy for him to talk, like the fence to talk to his way out of it and be like, no, no, guys, you notice that there were two boxes, right? I didn't sell the information twice. I told you both the information that you wanted. It just happens to be in the same spot. You guys fucked it up. We good? Let me just call the other guy and we'll just I checked switch that away. way earlier than that. Huh? I checked that way earlier than that. I don't feel like it was that long into the movie. It's in the first half. Yeah. I love when she photocopies her ass. Yeah, why? And then later on the spirit sees it in the trash can. <laughs> in my head I was like, 
please say, I know that ass. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been good. I was praying. We don't get that moment, though, do we? No. I, I have nothing else. Favorite, least favorite. Just yeah, to we could do. We could do favorite, least favorite. With our structure. <laughs> sure. Let's just do because it. it's an inevitability at this point. I'll go favorite first. Uh, like I said, I did not hate the visuals in this. I thought the visuals were okay. I thought Samuel L. Jackson's performance in this it was in line with with a lot of other Samuel L. Jackson performances. So as far as that's concerned, he honestly did a perfectly fine job. The movie itself is the problem, not Samuel L. Jackson. I'll go favorite um, young Eva Bendez, young Sand, just because she's perfectly casted. They look very much alike. Um, her scenes were fine. I'll, I'll go with that. Sure. I did a good job with that. My favorite scene is when Samuel L. Jackson tries to say motherfucker before he does. Man, it's it's like his thing now. <laughs> it's got to be in his contract. I think we talked about this before. We did, definitely. I know, yeah, because I know I've said that in his contract he gets the same motherfucker in every movie. Well, he gets to try. Yeah. He doesn't su- succeed a lot of the time. Yeah. No. Except snakes on a plane. Does he do it in... Um, anything rated R. Nothing's... You can't do it with Star Wars, right? Oh, yeah. He tries no, in thing. episode three. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Mother! <laughs> as, he's get, as he's getting lightning out the window okay. in... Uh, it's, oh, no, it's, of course. it's almost the same audio track as when he says it in this. Quote unquote dies in this. Joe, what's your favorite? I did. I told you. Corey, what's your least favorite? Good. Fantastic. Can't wait for it to be back to me now. I did. I told you. Uh, <laughs> don't make me say it again. <laughs> My least favorite part of this movie is. Fuck. I, it, it's to from. incredibly hard to narrow something down here. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Nazi uniform. I think that came out of left fucking field. It's an exposition dump from a character who hadn't done one, or hadn't really done a bet, like a big one like that yet. So now we get him an expo dump from a Nazi, and that, nope, no thank you. I, I hated so much about this movie, guys. I hated so goddamn much. But, I'm gonna go Nazi, because you gotta hate Nazis. My turn? <laughs> yeah. It is. I guess anything with the angel of death, because, again, I still don't understand the spirit's ability with with his whole relationship with death, where he can die if he chooses to die. It's They do a poor job of explaining, like they do a poor job of explaining everything. I find it incredibly unnecessary. Didn't need to be there. And that is only one part of... Of several hundred, I could pick for my least favorite. Scene. Real, <laughs> Joe. What was your my least, least favorite? Is the fact that they killed Muffin the cat. No, that's not really it. But that was. It's close. I can see it. It's tied for a lot of things. <laughs> I guess my least favorite part of the scene, actually, the least favorite part of the movie, actually, is the fact that they squandered the one cool idea they managed to accidentally stumble across with the ethos pathos logos. Okay. Because it made me hope that this movie wasn't going to be complete dog shit, and then they squandered that too, and I was like, that makes sense. See, I, you know what? Like, there's even cool avenues that you could take that. So let's say that they, they constantly are dying, right? Let's say at the end of that first time, what was it, Pathos, I think, that gets run over or yes, some shit? Pathos. Pathos gets run over, and we no longer see the three of those. Then the next scene... It's three different emotions, or three different 
words that connect to what is happening in the scene, right? Like, you could change them. I was assuming when I saw them that they were going to be, like, his immortal henchmen that were, like, borderline useless, but at least, you know... Well, I mean, the, the, the one got fucking run over. And he and was still to be, fine. Seemed to be fine. Point me to the hospital. I'll pretend I'm one of the homelessists. <laughs> they don't charge them for nothing. Can we, can we talk for just a minute about the, the weird jumping foot that just had one of that guy's head on it? I know. Yeah, I sure. It's, no. it's weird. What the no. fuck is that? I don't know. And then it, like, willingly jumps into, like, the weird acid and dissolves itself. I, was that a blunder? It may have been a blender. I thought it was a blender and he turned it on. It's hard to tell on the black and white. He definitely did turn something on. Yeah, it must have been a blender then. Fuck, that's so much worse. It's about the same amount of worse. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. It was a squandered opportunity. Like, they could have kept putting sets of three whatever, sets of three emotions in those scenes and had them change and had them, like, move. That was also a possibility they could have went with. But, but they went with nothing. They went with nothing. They went with huevos and rancheros. Which, I hear, is a delicious breakfast option. But other than that... Supposedly. I'm not a sausage guy. Mm. Huevos makes sense because of the egg yeah. stuff, right? I, I thought that was a, that, that was it. Sure. I was like, okay, that's a good callback. The guy's <sighs> clearly obsessed with eggs. Obsessed. Huevos, huevos. He doesn't eat eggs at all. They're... <laughs> He loves eggs, but he hates them at the same time. <laughs> he's, he's layers upon... He's like an onion with eight he's layers. layers. He's like cakes. Cakes have layers. Yes. <laughs> Ogres are not like cakes. <laughs> I hate getting egg on my face. Cause he does. I'm so sick of these motherfucking eggs <laughs> on my motherfucking <laughs> face. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, so I think that's that was- the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> Another unintentional pun. Yeah. I can't stop, guys. Help me. You're a monster. So now what we're going to do, since we talked about the spirit, is we're going to let you know what our Infinity Stone rating for the spirit is. It goes from 1 to 6. 1 is the lowest, 6 is the highest. If you give it 6, you can also give it a gauntlet. If you give this movie 6 and a gauntlet, make God of mercy on your soul. Without further ado, let's rate the spirit. Corey, you got to go first. Throw me out a number. So remember at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy? No. When Yondu opens up the thing that was supposed to have the Infinity Stone in it? And it was a troll. And it was a troll? That's what this movie gets. This movie gets not an Infinity Stone, but a weird little troll doll that also freaks me out. I fucking hate this movie. Zero stones. Absolutely not. Worst thing I've ever watched. Hey, sequel. Hi, Joe. What are you going to give this? This movie's not good. It's not going to get a very high score for me. That makes sense. I gave Fantastic Four a zero. I'm going to give this a one. I maintain I would rather watch Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, I believe they stopped trying halfway through. There is effort here. There is effort here. The the actors read what was on the page, and they tried to emote. I'm going to... That's fair. (laughs) And for that reason alone... That's so fair, but... I'm going to give it a one. It's not a very good movie. I will never watch it again. Once is enough for me. At the end of the show, Joe's going to say it was every movie. <laughs> Somebody's favorite movie. Someone out there, their favorite movie is The Spirit. Now, I don't want to know that person. Neither do I. I do. I do so I can show them their like the error of their ways. No. If I'm trying person, to help them. There's no. no reasoning with that person. If the person... Yes, if this, Some people want to watch the world burn, and that's one of them. Some this, people, Master Wayne. 
If this, this is someone's favorite movie, they could stay far away. You're too far gone. Yeah, one stone. Joe, how would you rate The Spirit? <laughs> it's not a very good movie. I really wouldn't recommend this to anyone. Well, I'm probably never going to see it again. I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever watched, or the worst, worst movie we've even reviewed. It but is. it's really bad. I didn't enjoy it, and I'm going to give it the big old one stone. That's it. It's not even an infinity stone, it's a kidney stone. One kidney stone. I'll go gallstone. Gallstone? They're less common. Or more common. I'm not sure how medical science works. I think some troll dolls, Corey, had a little gemstone in their belly button. There you go. You have to give it one troll belly button. One troll belly button gemstone. That's it. That's all it gets. (laughs) Does not get an infinity stone. One stone stone all around. (laughs) Which equates to a zero. Right? Fucking big old goose egg for me. The cubic surfstonium. <laughs> <laughs> and those are our ratings for the spirit. Did you have something? I'm sorry. No, I got nothing. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. I'm done. That's fair. If you want to let us know what movie you think is worse than the spirit, you can send that to us in an email at zthpodcast.gmail.com. Boom. <laughs> Such defeated effort. If you try to pull that shit on Twitter, I'm going to respond to you that you're wrong at ZTH Podcast. You can take a picture of a... You're not going to respond to them. You're right. Send us a picture of you in your skinny... Uh, in your red skinny tie on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. We're on Facebook. You can post to our Facebook page. If you want a copy of The Spirit on DVD or Blu-ray, take a picture of it because I don't believe you. That's Facebook.com backslash ZTH Podcast or search Zeros Talking Heroes in Facebook. Zeros and Heroes and in ES. Find us on iTunes. What we'd really appreciate for having to watch the spirit would be a five-star rating. And if you're feeling really, really generous, also a review with that rating. Joe, are we going to do anything with that review? We're going to read it right here on an episode of the podcast. Wow. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's rewarding. Match that spirit. Or octopus. And if that's too much work for you, just tell people about it. Make sure you tell them Zero's Talking Heroes is a good podcast and never watch The Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Those are the two messages that are really, really important. Just listen to us shit on it instead. It's going to save you a whole mess of time. It's like you watched it anyway, except you didn't have to, you know... And you got information about, like, at least, what, seven, eight other movies? Yeah, we did some movie talk. We did some jokes. We what have you been watching? This was my favorite What Have You Been Watching. <laughs> it was yeah, a really long one. It was a really long one, but I, it was good. I've seen every single movie you guys mentioned in What Have You Been Watching. Nice. Damn. Good times. Sequel's a big movie buff, guys. I like, I enjoy the, I enjoy the films. <laughs> he doesn't watch TV anymore. No, I'm done with shows. Moving <laughs> pictures for the time being. So thank you once again for joining us for this epic journey through the spirit. <laughs> Next time we're going to be doing a better movie because honestly, not a lot of things wouldn't be. It but can next literally time, only go up for me. Pretty much. Next time is going to be Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, yes. Bunch of evil ex-boyfriends for Ramona Flowers. Tune into that one, and on behalf of everyone else, it's my job to let you know that unfortunately, someone out there thinks the Spirit is their favorite movie in the world. They're wrong, but they're not going to change their mind. I, I just don't know that that's true. I mean, if it's the only movie you've ever seen, that's by default, that has to be your favorite and your least favorite. Right? That's true. Yeah. I guess. I want to meet that guy. That would be interesting to me. No, you don't. That person has no experience. That's true. Good night, everybody.